Bill gets to share all over creation, and here he is with us back home in Starkville, Mississippi. Bill Buckley, we love you, you, brother. I've had more hugs in the last 30 minutes than I've gotten in the last three months. (laughs) So, uh, you know, but that's what this church is. This church is such a family, and I just love that about New Horizons. You know, uh, when I came to New Horizons about 10 years ago, uh, I was coming out of coaching and coming out of um, a lot of, and I'm kind of a prophetic person. And so, uh, and so I, I just really would go after people really hard, you know. And uh, I was like an Old Testament prophet. They were not any fun to be around. But, you know, this church, coming into a church that is really a family, changed my life. And Johnny Buckner's younger than me, but he fathered me in the faith. That's how God can do. He can, he can bring you fathers in the faith. And so I, I just have a really quick word about unity. How many of y'all know that our country is broken? Oh, my gosh. Think, just think for a minute about your favorite or your least favorite political person. Just think for a minute, Okay. Think about the people that you know that like that person. Come on now, right? You don't want to be anywhere in the same room with them. But you know what? The enemy would love to use that kind of junk and bring it right up in the church to destroy family. And we can't let that happen. We are called to unity. Amen? Did you know that uh, someone pointed out to me that uh, there's a word, and this is uh, Revelations 12.10. Do you remember where it talks about the accuser of the brethren? Who's the accuser of the brethren? The devil. The accuser of the brethren. Do you know that word accuser? The uh, Greek is kategoros. We get our word category from that. And you see... That's what Satan tries to do as the accuser. He tries to get us to categorize one another. And when we do that, we get into a political spirit that breaks the unity of who God called us to be. Amen? So I'm glad for social media. I hope you're on there. I'd be worried if you weren't. But you know what? Uh, We can't let the world dictate family and unity by getting categorized uh, into something that really is not of the Lord. Um, and, I, and I think this, there's a difference in heaven's justice and earth's causes. And I'm glad that you might have a cause for helping uh, animals find homes or help the whales or whatever. Causes are okay, but they are not heaven's justice. And the only way that heaven's justice comes to earth is through the family. The family of sons and daughters who are led by a good, good father. Amen? That's a good word, isn't it? That's all I got. Thank you, Bill. It's good to have you back, man. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. 
Ephesians chapter 4. When we've been, you know, I grew up in, in Southern Baptist uh, life, went to a seminary at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We spent 15 years overseas in missions and ministry and um, got, to, got exposed to a lot of different streams. But, you know, Bill said something about unity, and it makes me think that's, that, that what I've got we need to look at. So if you would turn, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm hoping to be done with this in less than 20 minutes, okay? Less than 20 minutes. We'll try to be, be, uh, be finished uh, at, a, at a quarter till, so you can set your watches on that. And uh, flag me down, all right? Um, but Ephesians chapter 4 is what we're going to look at. And we've, we've looked at this many times, those of you who have been around here. When, when we talk about the fivefold ministry, equipping gifts that have been given to the body of Christ to train us to do the work of the ministry. I want you to drop down to verse 11 in chapter 4. And it says there, he, Jesus, personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. That's what Bill was talking about. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. One version says the fullness of Christ. Those five gifts actually train the body of Christ to be a full picture of Jesus. And a lot of times we have churches that are based on one of those gifts, and you see a lot of intensity there. But what God is doing, he, he's doing in the body of Christ, he brings five gifts to the body to train us to be like Jesus. Now, that's not new to us. But here, here's where I've been going in the recent weeks. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says, Paul says, I'm concerned that you're going to be pulled away from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Simply and purely devoted to Jesus. How can we make it simple? Just like these kids on the front row here. Simple. I mean, they're sitting here. Oh, she can be fist bump. Boom. There you go. Simple. We need to be like kids and simply get this. A simple picture of Jesus. All right? So I want you to, to walk with me through this PowerPoint, just the beginning of it. And Pete, uh, I want to do it fairly quickly. Uh, I, I, I'm doing a series right now. And, and basically, we're looking at Jesus. And, and we're looking at him in that five, those five areas. Because those five areas actually show the full picture of Jesus. Say, full picture of Jesus. All right? Okay? So we've looked at already Jesus the Apostle. We talked about what that meant. I shared with you my struggles. I gave you my own personal testimony. Some of you, if you weren't here, y'all, they're doing an excellent job of getting our sermons on, on, uh, uh, down, downloaded onto our website. And, uh, and, and you can go back and listen to it. But I came in and shared the depths of my challenges and related to Jesus as the apostle. As the apostle, he went through everything that we can possibly go through. 
The apostle is not the person that's the head of everything. It's the one that comes in. It's the Rambo that comes in, knocks down the trees, and sets up a base camp. Uh, that, that, the apostle is like a missionary that goes out. And, and Jesus is the apostle and relates to us. Hebrews chapter thir- 3, verse 1 talks about that. But today, what I was wanting to look at was Jesus, who is the pastor or shepherd. He's the pastor or shepherd. Simply Jesus. But I want us to get this quick overview. If you could go ahead to that, that uh, just fill that page up. Okay, we have apostles. This is out of that Ephesians 4 passage. Apostles lay the foundation, which is Jesus. And the prophets come under that too. The, the word says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We, we're not going to go into prophets. Go ahead, Pete. Pull it on down. That becomes uh, the foundation for the building that God's building in us, the house that he's building in us. Prophets come working on that foundation, the word of God, and then you see the building come up. Just go ahead and build the whole building, Pete, and I'll catch up with you when you get to the end of it. So teachers help that building to grow. Pastors kind of guard that building. And evangelists put the the capstone at all, and that's Jesus and going out and gathering and bringing them back. And, and it, then it goes out again to do more of this. So this is the fullness of the picture of Jesus. Back up one. It should go. There you go. That's the full picture of Jesus. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about pastor today. But I want, you to, I want us to see, as we look at, at pastor... And understand what this means. Because, you know, God is bringing the body of Christ to unity. It doesn't mean cookie cutting. God is bringing us to unity. And the unity is in the diversity that he's putting us together in. And, and, and it's represented in those five-fold ministries. This is an exhaustive list of who Jesus is. In one, one statement. Everything of who he is fits around that. All right, so I worked in a print shop when I was in college a long time ago, and we did something that was called four-color separation. That's the way we used to, to print. Some of you are laughing. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and so four-color separation is when you take a photograph of a picture and you separate it into four colors, and when you go to print, you print those four colors, and it ends up being a, a good picture. So I want you to see a picture. Let's just look. At a picture of Jesus. Who is that? Okay, you, you know, I'm sure he really didn't look that way, but that's kind of like a common. I like that one better than the one of him going, you know. <laughs> Looks like, yeah, we got a bunch of little Jesuses in here. Uh, um, so, picture of Jesus. That's a pretty good picture of Jesus, right? But look, if you four colors separate that and you break it into categories, this is what you might find. So, well, first of all, I'll just back up one. That's a good, good point. Back up. Yeah, right there. This is what we normally portray to the world. They don't get to see Jesus in what we've got because it's a big mess. We've got more divisions in the church than we do even in the world. And, 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 and if the world is going to know, know that we're his disciples because of our love, y'all, I think we've got a little bit of work to do. And I'm making an effort on Facebook. Y'all, I've deleted Facebook probably 20 times at least. 
because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of social media and the way that everybody just beats everybody up. I got back on, and lo and behold, I've got some controversial issues I post on. Next thing you know, I'm in, you know, I had 125 responses on one post, and I'm trying to keep peace between everybody. I'm just saying, hey, can we just be nice? Actually, they were nice in mine. A lot of people complimented. But how many of you know that the church a lot of times is not nice and the people don't get a full picture of Jesus? It's a distorted view. We, it's, it's not a biblical view. And if we want a full picture, a full picture of Jesus, y'all, we need to see these different aspects. I want you to see, if you took that picture there, we're going to have five color separation here. Go ahead and put the next one. This is the way you color separate a photo. I mean, is that Jesus? Just stop right there for a second. Is that Jesus? It's a picture of Jesus. But is it full Jesus? No, you've already seen the full picture of Jesus, right? Come on. We've got five colors that I put up here. But you all, if, you, if you lay each one of those on top of each other, you'll end up with a full picture of Jesus. And that's what God is wanting us to come to, that full picture. What did I do with my water? Bill talks about being prophetic, and he is. But we as an elder body, we realized we had five of us as elders coming together, and we actually represented all five of these gifts. And at first, we didn't get along. Y'all, I thought I was going to have to separate Bill and Tim a few times. It was Bill's part. But you know, those two got to rub off on each other, and the pastoral heart of Tim affected the prophetic heart of Bill, and vice versa. They sharpened each other. And y'all, the more we have that diversity of that picture of Jesus, the more clear the picture of Jesus is going to be to the world around us. So, look, every, you know, I, I don't know if you've had this experience. It seems like God speaks to me and, and comes to me in waves, and like I really get it. I remember going to a church. I was leading music back when I was in college, and I was invited to go to this church. It was a First Baptist church, and uh, the, the pastor said, Johnny, I've got a radical dude that's going to come in. And I said, that's okay. You know me. I'm radical because I had jeans that said Jesus is Lord on the back of it, you know. And, and I had a guitar, and I could actually get anybody to clap, I, especially in Baptist churches because we like the Word of God. And so I just opened the Word and say, let's read this passage that said, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. And I go, all right, are we good Baptists? Yes. Do we believe the Bible? Yes. Are we going to do what the Bible says? Yes. All right, I want you all to clap. And everybody clap. And I said, check your neighbor, make sure they're not dead. And then, you know, we, we kind of played around with it. And I used to get people to clap. And I was all excited about doing this revival at this First Baptist Church. I thought, well, yeah, you know me. I'm, I've got some uh, different ways of doing things. We're going to have fun. He said, Johnny, you don't understand. I didn't, y'all, because I got up there and was all happy clappy and got people clapping their hands. I had deacons that took up offering that were standing there going, oh, in time. It was amazing. We had a great time. And I was thinking, I've done a great job. I walked over, sat down on the pew. The guy got up to speak, and he started out like this. Oh, 
holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. Inside of me, I I was looking at my Bible and I go, he was in Isaiah 6. And y'all, I felt like I was there. I'm telling you, within minutes, I was actually on my knees before God. And God hit me with his holiness in such a deep and life-changing way. Y'all, I I never was the same after that. I spent a year trying to understand the holiness of God. Then God took me to grace, and he showed me how important grace. Sometimes we think that all of these attributes of God conflict with each other. Y'all, the fact is, Jesus is every one of those pictures with an exclamation point. So when you say holy and it's regarding Jesus, it's a Jesus that you've never imagined. When you say grace and it's a picture of Jesus, it's, it's with an exclamation point. So y'all, we need to, I think the newest believer, some of you have, Zach, man, where are you? There he is. Stand up. That dude right there, he blows me away. You... You, that's, yeah, that's you, man. You pointed Jesus right there. Life change. Several of you, life changes. It affects me. You know, you're walking with Jesus, and I'm getting something from you, right? I think about new believers. Y'all, listen. How many of you know that Mississippi State is going to have an evangelistic move, and people are going to come to know Jesus? Do you understand that? Y'all, I'm telling you, he's been showing me this for a long time. It's going to take one flip of the switch, and we are going to see a move of God at Mississippi State that's going to shake this city, it's going to shake this uh, state, it will shake our nation, it will shake our world. I'm convinced of it. So when people get saved, when they come to know Jesus, how do we disciple them? And I went, oh my goodness, I've got all my cemetery books, I mean seminary books, And, you know, I've got one that's really big. It's a systematic theology. And I thought, how do I get that into Zach? (laughs) Lord, help me. I don't want to get that into Zach. Is it good stuff? Yes. Should we know it? Yes. Can we learn and grow from it? Yes. But, y'all, we need to go back to simply Jesus. So what we're talking about in these days, when we look at five pictures of Jesus... It's Jesus in those pictures with an exclamation point. Words can't do it justice. All right? So when we talk about Jesus the apostle, we're just barely skimming the surface. But here's what the Lord's showing me. In our discipleship, y'all, all we need to do is set the tracks. If you can get the, those five tracks set and established, you can check on each other and say, how are you growing in that apostolic area, in that prophetic area, in that uh, evangelistic, in that pastoral, or in that teaching. You can check on each other. We can grow together. And we can be not a fuzzy picture of Jesus, but a full picture. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Amen? All right. Go ahead, Pete. So you can't give what you haven't received. Let's just fill that one page up. Don't go any further. This, this is the five-fold ministry going in, in our life. You have to be reached yourself to be able to go. You have to be listening prophetically to be able to speak out guiding. And you need to be gathered evangelistic.
to be able to go out and gather. You need to be covered pastorally if you're going to be guarding the sheep, pastoring the flock. And each one of us have that role. And, and growing in the teaching, we need to be growing. That's the fullness of Jesus. Move on to the next one. Oh boy, I've got three minutes. Say yes to the fullness of Jesus. Everybody just say, yes, Jesus. Okay. Pop it up there. Pastoral care, Psalm 23. Fill that next page up, Pete, please. This is the highlight from, from this. He is the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He shepherds. He encourages and encapsulates. He puts around us a, a protective, uh, caring something. And he goes into our deepest lows through the valley of the shadow of death. But you need to make sure that you see the end. A lot of people that are going through the valleys. Look, some of you, you, you uh, friends of Jeremy, you know, I'm still grieving. I didn't know the guy. I've gone back to the Facebook page and I just looked at him and I thought dang it I wish I knew him he was big right like like six foot five maybe or huh was it six foot five six four big old guy you know I'm looking at him and I'm thinking how much Karen is I've been talking to her every day keeping up with her she's grieving she's going through some challenges she's going through some lows Pastorally, what do you do when you see people going through lows? Most of the time, we try to fix it. Let me tell you, with Karen and with some of these guys, I just sat there. I just sat beside them. Being there is enough. He is with us in the valley of the shadow of death. But there's a big and. Because being in the valley, you can stay there and live in a victim mentality. You realize that? You can live a defeated life because you're going through the valley and are not willing to come out of it. It happened to me a few weeks ago. I was in the bottom of depression, and God met me there. I didn't understand it. Still don't, but I want to tell you. I went to the bottom, and the Lord met me there, and as I shared with you in my last message, he showed me that the reason he let me go through it was so that I could help other people. And I want to tell you, my week has been full of helping other people that are going through hell. It's rampant. There's, there's brokenness that is exponential. But remember, there is an end. It's not just the lows. It is the highs. He actually sets up for us a banqueting table in the presence of our enemies. He takes us up to another level. Highs. So, the way to remember this, he's the shepherd. He encourages and encapsulates. He goes with us in the lows. There is an end. Don't get stuck there. David encouraged himself. He encouraged his own heart. And then he's in the highs. Look at it. Next, next picture. Just fill it up. Shepherd, encouraging, encapsulating the lows and the highs. Selah. Everybody say, Selah. Now that's a word that you find in the Psalms and it actually means to pause. Just stop. One time I was reading the Psalms in front of a, a large gathering of people. And at the end of the Psalm it said, Selah. And there was one college student that was sitting there and had not been paying attention. Bless her heart. Uh, and, and I got to the end and I said, Selah. And she goes, La. <laughs> Selah means to pause. 
Y'all, listen, in pastoral ministry, I want you to hear this. You need to pause. There was a man, I'm finishing up with this. There was a man that lost his job, and he went to a pastor in a large gathering. He was a little bit away from him, and he, he said, I, I, I lost my job, and I need some help. The pastor said something, and the young man couldn't hear him. You know. By the way, if you, when you go to you know, really uh, intensive places where everybody's gathered quietly and are very somber, you can just go, nobody's really saying anything. Just, just nod your head and say watermelon or something. You know, it's, the pastor was mumbling. He couldn't hear him. So he got a little bit closer. And he said, I didn't hear you. And he mumbled it again. He got closer, and he, and he couldn't hear him. And, and after about five times of getting closer, he was right up and had his ear to the pastor's mouth. And the pastor said, sometimes God whispers. If we don't pause and let him shepherd our souls, we're going to have a hard time shepherding the souls of those that God brings to us. We're going to have a hard time ministering to each other. Some of us in here right now have been dealing with pain, and you've been trying to cope with it. You've gotten coping mechanisms, and, and, it, it, and you, you've built the whole life around this structure, and God is wanting you to pause. And let Jesus shepherd you. Y'all, we're going to practice that right now. So I'm done. I finished my message, but I did lie. I'm two minutes late. Thank you for forgiving me. Please forgive me for that. But this is the application. This is a time for us to come before the Lord with whatever pain it is that we're dealing with and allow Jesus to shepherd our souls. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about somebody else in need right now. I want every person just draw a circle around yourself. You cannot give what you haven't got. I'm going to break this down at another time. We're going to talk about Jesus, the pastor, the shepherd. But rather than talk about it, you know it. You already know the information. You could probably preach a sermon better than I could about shepherding or pastoring. But have you been pastored? I'm not talking about a, a human pastor. I'm talking about has Jesus the shepherd, has he pastored your soul? Please just be quiet before the Lord. You're going to hear some children's voices. You're going to hear some movement around you. I'm thankful for family and just for real life that we walk through. Don't be distracted by that. You draw a circle around yourself and say, you got my full attention, God. Would you say that to him? Say, God, you've got my full attention. Say it out loud. God, you've got my full attention. Now, Jesus, I ask that right now you would come around every soul in this room. Just be quiet before him. Just be quiet.